All right, well, good morning, everybody. Uh, we are going to tackle Chapter 4, The Idol of Prosperity. I, um, I thought rather than kind of more systematically going through topics, I would, I, I kind of just threw out all the topics that came up from this chapter, in my mind anyways. I mean, who knows what's going to happen today. But the... Um, and kind of just kind of deal with this for today and see where our conversation goes. And, and, and then just kind of go on from there. So we might not necessarily move on today because, well, yeah, because there's a lot to talk about in this chapter. Okay, now uh, the idol of prosperity, let's just open it up. What did you guys uh, find intriguing, disconcerting, wrong? Uh, in this chapter, oh, and, and you're willing to talk about it, so, Holly. I just liked her example of how she feels like you know, she's not very um, materialistic. Right. She had that really weather yeah. magazine cover or whatever, and she's like, you know, I feel like we can't deny that we are Right. But, you know, how do we deal with that, or what do we do with that? Yeah. Yeah, she makes this assumption, actually, I asked that question. Is this assumption valid about, because you might say the idol of prosperity, and you might say to yourself, I'm not prosperous. I'm not, I don't have things. Well, yeah, and I actually, this is why, uh, this is not to uh, make anyone feel any certain way. This is a factual dealio. Um, it's, it's called the global rich list. And uh, I've used this with the high school kids. They, uh, I don't know, if, actually, it's not really in focus. It's, it's probably better for everybody if it's not in focus. It's pretty eye-opening. Uh, I have no idea how to focus it. Okay, here we go. So it's called the Global Rich List. And um, I don't know if you can see this. It, uh, there's two ways. The more accurate reading to find your place on the Global Rich List is to actually do the wealth, but that, that's too complicated. Uh, and the result's not really drastically different. So income. You put your income in there. And you get to find out where you are on the Global Rich List. Okay. So, yeah, your wealth, your wealth probably goes down. However, that's if you actually exclude your income. So, it, it, okay. So, uh, I'm going to put, uh, what's the minimum salary in Illinois? is 825, right? So, 50 weeks at 825. I think it's 615. Yeah, I already did this. And you are... And the top 6% of the richest people in the world. Okay. Um, now, I only show this just to kind of show you that. So in one hour you make, okay, 8.59. I guess my math wasn't so good. Um, meanwhile, the average laborer in Ghana makes, in the same time, 8 cents. 
Now, I know everyone's going to say, but you, the cost of living. I don't think that matters, really. Um, you earn, I mean, that doesn't excuse anything. Uh, okay, six fit an hour. It, if someone in Zimbabwe, 16 years. Okay. Takes you four minutes to earn enough for a refreshing can of cola. We're not going to wait around for that long. Um, yeah, and then 73 doctors in Pakistan. I did, I did the bare minimum just to, so we, I didn't want to get too uh, realistic. The whole point of that is just to demonstrate that, um, that we're, we're just prosperous. That, not that we have an idol of prosperity, but we actually are prosperous. So there, it's not as if this idol won't be a temptation to you, which goes with uh, Holly's, Holly's point. All right. Gonna hibernate that. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. So I. Yeah. I don't. I don't want anybody to think. Ah. You know. That. This is probably the least applicable. I have a feeling the reason why she put it at chapter four was because it's probably the most applicable. I. I I've been thinking about her order of chapters. I mentioned that before, right? Um. So the idol of idea came first because it's the most non-tangible. Like you can't touch it, you can't see it, but yet it's probably at the same time most uh, pervasive. And then idle prosperity, just Western readers. We live in America. Bam. Yeah, I did, I did my wealth on there. You know, and I included, well, I have some equity in the home, but I still got a big mortgage. And it's, I mean, it's still, it still is eye-opening. So the idea then is, now that we understand ourselves as prosperous, that's just that's that's the way it is. So now we have to see ourselves in truthful matters. Okay. Um, okay. There you go. I just wanted to, I wanted to point that out because we are. I mean, we're on the global rich list. Uh, but we're all in different spots. So how we see ourselves and the reality of things might be different. And that's part of noticing idols, right? I mean, the mirror. What we see in the mirror is usually an idolized form of ourselves. Better, you know, positively or negatively, we see ourselves better than we are or neg- more negatively than we are. And so noticing idols deals with what's true. Okay. Any other thoughts? I, I just had to play on that just because it was the first one, so... Krista. How about the national idol? National idol. You, know, you see it in... in well, I, I think that's... Li- is, is that... Uh, that has to be coming up, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> it was only now in the Olympics. It's only Americans, Americans, Americans. <laughs> well, that has to do with uh, paying the bills, Krista. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, first of all, how, many, how much coverage has there been about one of my favorite sports. I surprisingly there's been a lot. Cross country skiing. That's I love that stuff. But how much figure skating? <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't I don't want to read into anything, but I think there's probably more people interested in watching figure skating. So I think there's probably more people interested in watching how Americans do than than the beauty of the sport. So there is a uh, nationalism involved. 
Because I'm sure if I go to Germany, we hear about no, Germans. No, no. Oh, no, peasants, no. Really. There's, there's equal. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, I, I, if you say so. I don't know if I believe you, Krista. But I'll have to watch it. Deutsche Welle. Okay. All right, anyways, yeah, no, uh, this is a good question, but for another day. Topic of nationalism. And, but the, um, uh, how we see ourselves in terms of pro prosperity, though, is very intertwined to our uh, society. Because um, uh, we have to ask ourselves, like, money. I don't know if you ever asked yourself this before, but, like, what's the point of money? What's the purpose of it? And I think our society says one thing, which deals with kind of our national economy, kind of the, the, our way of life. So they are connected. So thank you for bringing that up. But let's, let's keep talking more about it before we jump to it. Carol. Segregation, yeah, that's right. Yeah. There's always that form, right? Yeah, right. Uh, actually, I mean, this works both ways, and, and uh, I, I put that kind of towards the end, but the, trapping, the trappings of the rich and the poor... Right. Yep. Yep. How do we understand that? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's like on page 54, 55, but just because I noticed the same thing. Okay, so let's uh, talk about the segregation a little bit. Um, she didn't really, she only talked about the wealthy, Obviously, prosperity, but but the idol of prosperity doesn't only affect the wealthy, right? It also affects the poor, and she she talks about that a bit. Um, and so I think obviously there's multiple levels in the idol of prosperity. One is just you know kind of the desire, but then there's also the idol of the stuff, like the the thing, the things. And so um, if has anybody ever watched ever watched Hoarders? Before oh the television show, okay. So uh, the rich, the rich segregate themselves, right? Because I mean, like the most obvious is like a gated community. Of course, okay. So now they're officially segregated because they got a wall around, keep people out or whatever, keep people in. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> it depends on what side you're looking at. All right. Okay. Uh, however, though, uh, it's interesting about this show Hoarders is that oftentimes these people get trapped. They segregate themselves from the world too, right? Because of the stuff. And I mean, they're not obviously wealthy, wealthy compared to what we, the gated community. So there is a, uh, you know, there's a multiplicity or, or uh, multiple levels of how we understand how, like, prosperity or stuff segregates ourselves from people. Which again, goes to that more fundamental question, what's the point of wealth? What's the point of money? And I would argue that money is never a neutral. 
It's not just, just money. It's never just money. I mean, it could be just money if it sits on the table over there. But of course, if money's sitting on the table, one of us will go over there and what? Touch it. Pick it up. And it's, it's automatically not neutral anymore. So I think realistically speaking, money's never neutral. Maybe in the abstract, you could think of it, but never in the practical. So since money's never in neutral, you have to ask yourself, what's the point of money? <laughs> okay, living. Ooh, that's good. Living. Now, what's the point of living? I mean, what's, what's your life about? I mean, that's a better question. The ear, the hands, and eyes, and mouth of God. Okay. Yeah, oh, hey, yeah, that's true. Now, um, when, think about it in terms of the idol. We, this is why we spent all those weeks about mirrors and windows and all that jazz. Um, who's the end result of a, an idol? We kind of came to the conclusion. You are, you are right? So, applying that to the idea of money, prosperity, stuff, if you are the end result of that stuff and or your money, even when you think about it, what does it automatically turn into? Whether you like it or not. It's an idol. Okay, I mean, that, that's just the way it is. So, um, remember, once we find one idol, we tend to pop up. So, um, but the point of, uh, we talked about icon as a window. And so the icon, who's the end result of the icon? God. Now to nuance that a little bit more is, uh, we, we never talked about that because I, I found this handout. I'm like, oh man, we never talked about that point. God and who? It, it's God and who and they're intricate organically connected, especially if you read Matthew 25. What's that? Your neighbor, exactly. The post-communion collect that we pray every week, I, I encourage you guys to think about it this week. The vicar says, let us pray. And then we pray, we give thanks to God for the Lord's Supper, and there's a petition so we give thanks, and then there's like a petition, like, what do we ask God to do through the sacrament in the com communion collect? Well, okay, yeah, slow down. That's, yeah, that, that would be, yeah, but uh, just kind of using the language. She said, go and do mission, the missio day. Okay, it's uh, live, live in faith toward God and in... Fervent love towards our neighbor. Now, fervent, I mean, it's, it's not as a, I think it's not a cool word. I, I would like passionate. Maybe passionate love would be, that sounds a little bit better, right? Passionate love? It means the same thing, though, right? The passion of Christ. Hello, people. Come on. Think about it according to that way. We got a couple chapters before we talk about arrows. All right, um, yeah. So, so the you know this, uh, the idea, the point of, of uh, an icon is look towards God and, and the neighbor, and 
you know, so as we see, so we have to ask ourselves, how, how can money become this icon? Okay, I mean, again, I'm using that, those words kind of loosely, kind of in a general, this category that we created already. Icon, not in the sense of, uh, you know, uh, a, a real icon, capital I icon. So, uh, yeah, that has to be kind of how we understand money, is the point of money uh, doesn't return to ourselves, but as Carol just kind of wittingly said, it's not as if money, uh, like, it's not as if money doesn't actually ever affect us, in the positive sense, like in the living sense. We have to have money to live. That was the whole point of the global rich, I mean, that list, that rich list. These people don't have any kind of money, and so yet the, the, they struggle with life. However, the, the, the question is the, the, the purpose, or the point of it. It cannot end in us. All right, think about that for a while. Hmm. You know, have I established my budgeting? Have I, like, the stuff I have now? We could just stop class right now, I think, and just kind of think about that for a few hours, right? Because um, I, I think as a, as a child, when I thought about stuff or prosperity, even in the church, I always thought about money in terms of... Uh, just, okay, 10% goes to the church, and that was, that was just kind of easy. And then the 90% was just, just for me. But that's actually not true. Because all of it is supposed to be subsumed into this icon understanding of, of wealth. It, it's actually all supposed to be about God and neighbor. And then it didn't hit me until I was, I don't know, last week maybe. I mean, no, I'm just, I mean, very, I mean, it's not, it's, it's like something you're still learning. Holly. Yes, we, yes. By the way, just a little tangent here. If anybody wants to be a chauffeur for the Russians, talk to me afterwards. Because they come, they come every year, and uh, yeah, just because it's the fault. I'm like, oh man, people are working today. But then I'm like, oh, well, I don't really know if they're working today. So if you would want to take the bishop around, please talk to me afterwards. All right. Anyways. Yeah, oh yeah. Right. That's exactly right. Okay, so, so yeah, that's good. So it's, it's one of these things, it's not an either or. Oftentimes we see this 
especially uh, the, the Bible text I read in the chapel where Jesus says to his disciples, sell everything and, and give it to the poor. Or no, I'm sorry, the actual, was it literally that or was it give all your possessions to the poor? Okay. He says it different ways in, in the different Gospels. And people say, oh, okay, that means I need to be poor. Uh, that's actually not true. Uh, because uh, she's, I think I put it in here. You know, uh, prosperity is not evil. Or money's not evil. Uh, and, and what's interesting is uh, there's a couple guys, but St. John Chrysostom, he is a uh, kind of a, a fourth century pastor. He was a pastor in Antioch and Constantinople. If you know anything about history, those two cities were like the New York City and London of the worlds back then. They were really expensive. A lot of rich people. And um, so St. John Chrysostom sometimes told these rich people that you need to sell all your possessions and give it to the poor. Most often, though, he, he didn't say that. He actually challenged the wealthy. And these wealthy are like the New York City kind of wealthy. I mean, I mean we, like I said, we, we're wealthy, relatively speaking, but... We're not, I mean, I mean, New York City is, I mean, Manhattan. I mean, they are really rich there. They are really, really rich there. Holy smokes, rich. Um, so it was those kind of people that he was preaching to. And he most often said, if you were to get rid of all your wealth, you would do, you would do less good than if you were to maintain your wealth, and then apply that wealth to this kind of overarching purpose of loving God, loving neighbor. That, that's most often his pastoral care for the wealthy, most often said. So that um, he didn't expect the wealthy to, to like, take off all their you know, wealthy clothes and put on rags. But he didn't actually say, well, you just, you know, don't worry about it. Just maintain the same lifestyle that you have always had. Krista. Um, that's it. When you talk from rich, it's, um, they are contributing to the um, society in this way that they are just building companies and so. And then, then they have, um, uh, uh, the, they, they have, they have to look for workers, and then the workers get money, and, you know, it's kind of um, a cycle. You know, yeah. These riches are, um, uh, it's not that they are just sitting on their, on their gold and silver, but um, they let the money work. Yeah, I, uh, yes and no. <laughs> Don't want to get into too much into this e economy, but, I mean, the whole point, though, well, I think she actually, I think I might have put the quote in here, is that when you start talking to the wealthy about their money, they get defensive saying, I, I earned it. I, 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 I that's, that's not, you, you don't say that as a Christian. 
That's an anti-Christian statement. I mean, fundamentally speaking, I mean, we got to talk quickly about that. Yeah, hey, how much money did you earn? Okay. Well, theologically speaking, that you don't say that as a Christian. Why, why don't you say that? Not only is the money God's gift, but what else has God given you? Thank you. Yeah, remember, so icons never return back to you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of hard to hear, though, because that rubs up against the, uh, just the way we talk about it the economy and our jobs in America. The self-made man or woman. That's not true. That is a lie. Um, yeah. <laughs> we talked about that a long time ago. That who's the only person who has the authority and actually the ability to make you? God. Not you. You're, not, you're just not a self-made man or woman. Yeah. So, uh, you know, this, the idea of prosperity kind of challenges a lot of things. So there's a question or something over here. Rachel. How about saving? When does that oh, yeah. Okay, good. From being responsible to being... Courting. Yeah, yeah there you go. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, this is a very good question. So, so Jesus, in Luke chapter 12, uh, we don't, I mean, so 13 through 21, this man says, hey, man, I got a lot of stuff. What am I going to do? I'm going to tear down my barns and build bigger ones. At a certain level, what is he doing? Well, yeah, he's hoarding, right? But you could say, uh, it's savings gone awry. So, um, so the, again, so the, one, of the, one of the interesting things is that, um, there's not a, uh, an exact science to all this. Because, first of all, and I, I think sh the rule of St. Benedict actually is really important in this, is that this person's this way and that person's that way. Meaning, like, this guy, or I think she has the kind of silly example of the nightlight, right? I think that's probably the most tame example. Mm -hmm. This person needs a nightlight at night because they just can't handle the dark. Well, this person doesn't. Well, um, they can't have a rule where it says no night, night lights and or oh, everyone has lit night, night lights. There's this kind of uh, relationship building that happens. So in, re in regards to savings, we we save again. We'd have to ask ourselves, what's the point of this? Okay. And if we save in such a way that it becomes consuming or neglects God and neighbor, then we have to kind of take a second guess and see what's going on. I, th I think probably the easiest example is that people sometimes pit like savings accounts against uh, giving. To, uh, like let's say the church. Um, that's, th those, that's a false antithesis. Because you would say, but I, I, I need to save. I say, well, why? Because what? Because why? Why do you need to save? Actually, what do people say? For the rainy days. Well, saving for the rainy day is probably the worst reason to save, right? I mean, because. Okay, so yeah, retirement, right? 
That's good. Okay, children. That's exactly right. Okay, good. Good. Uh, what else you save? Yeah, retirement, old age, sickness. Okay. New home stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, okay, that would be, uh, <laughs> that, that's one way to look at it. That's exactly right. Right, so that, that would be, now I would say that that fear is sometimes underlying some of our savings. That's right. And in, in, the, in, in chapel, I read, Jesus says, you can't add a single minute to your life. So don't be anxious. Yeah, it will, it will uh, release us from our fear and lower our anxiety. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't, I, I uh, for those who might have a great savings account, is your anxiety lower? I would just ask people who do that. I don't think so. In fact, I, I remember, this was very eye-opening, the, the, I don't know if he's still like in charge of Fidelity. You guys know what Fidelity is? It's a savings uh, banking, yeah. And uh, this guy was in charge of Fidelity. And uh, it was Good Morning America. And they were asking him about the stock market and the economy. And this, this was like back in the uh, maybe late 90s when things, I mean, things were good back then. And he's, he says, every day I'm anxious. I mean, <laughs> this guy gets paid millions of dollars. Probably, I would assume, has a nice savings account because, I mean, right? I mean, he's in charge of that stuff. I mean, you would think he would. It'd be kind of weird if he didn't. But, um, and, and he's still not any less anxious than he was ever. Uh, yeah, now, so, okay, so we do savings for children, for uh, ourselves, retirement, and then, uh, and then for stuff. I think that's kind of, just generally speaking, that's kind of the three things. Or vacations. Well, yeah, I'd put that in the stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, right, though, no, vacations, uh, parties, weddings, the whole nine yards, right? Yeah, I, um, so, savings account. Oh, I have the question here. When is enough enough? So you have to ask yourself, Rachel, when is this enough? And I think if you're honest to yourself, to your, to your husband, and to, and to your children, that's, I think that's probably the hardest thing for parents, is to be honest with your children. Saying, because you have to ask yourself, well, let's just hang on to that real quick. Um, so you have to ask yourself, when is enough enough? Without excluding this purpose of God and neighbor. Again, there's never a false antithesis. Now, I, I think there's a, probably a real person who says, once I get to this point, I am not going to save a single, not a single more, you know, nothing more after this, and I'm going to give that all away. I, that probably has happened. But I have a feeling where we say, I'm gonna, I gotta save for college, I gotta save for retirement, I gotta save for this. Um, and then 
if it ever got to that point where you said you were going to stop and look towards other people, that's a hard temptation to say, Ooh, wait, I'm going to follow through with what I made a promise to. So I don't know if it's realistic. So uh, I think you would want to be doing things all at the same time. Okay, now back to the children for a second. Oh, hey, Holly. We, we have this line that we need to reach. No, I just, just so that if something really catastrophic happened or... Right. Like you wanted to retire. It's the six months emergency fund people tell us to have. Burdening our neighbor, and I, I feel like I don't want to be the, the underprivileged that will need to help if I could help ourselves now. <laughs> Seems like a good good idea, doesn't it? Well, I, I, so I think, I think uh, so going back to this question, when is enough enough? And I, I, that's, a, that's a hard, very hard challenge. Well, first of all, it seems like you're settling, doesn't it? You're settling. Oh, hey, it's, okay, it's good enough. Rather than saying, God has provided enough. Now, so anyway, so, so the idea of, yeah, being comfortable. Also what Holly said. Uh, why? Why is it a problem of what Holly said? Mary. Because when other people are in need, then it allows the rest of us then to provide. It's part of being Yeah. Yeah, that, that rubs up against uh, how we see savings, though, in our, in our life together. Because we don't want to consciously enter into that relationship, because then we feel like, uh, right, like, I mean, hey, I'm not going to worry about this because someone else is going to take care of me. That's a whole other form of idolatry, meaning I'm, I'm going to waste other people's stuff. It's the prodigal son. You know, hey, I'm going to waste all this stuff. And rather, rather than the prodigal son saying, oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry I did this, we go into that situation, I'm going to waste all this stuff because, hey, it's all going to work out. People are going to take care of me. Um, and sometimes, you know, we feel like if I don't save, then maybe I'm entering into that kind of relationship. I'm going to take advantage of other people. So, um, yeah, this goes to the community aspect. We're weaving, so hopefully you see the big picture. Because what we talked about before in segregating ourselves, it's to the exclusion of community. And sometimes money when we say, I don't want to be a burden on other people, you are excluding yourself from community, and ultimately, you're putting yourself where? What's that? I'm not you're in charge. You are in charge. You need to take care of yourself so you can take care of 
Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sure. I, I, I just, uh, uh, we never finished the children a bit, but loving your neighbor as yourself ultimately means what? Putting yourself last, not first. And loving your neighbor as yourself means putting yourself in your neighbor's position. So, saving for yourself, yeah, it, that becomes complicated again. Krista. Pastor, I think that, uh, that has uh, a lot to do with the whole economy. You know, and Gunda said always, um, the, uh, Jesus is not right anymore. <coughs> because he said, when you are um, uh, a little uh, money to the bank, and, uh, um, and you then get... Uh, get um, Interest. Interest. The but three talents. <laughs> yeah, but now you can bring your money to the bank, but you don't get it. <laughs> no, so I think um, as, as many uh, when they lose their job, yeah. you can't save money for uh, for later, you know, because you need your money now, and uh, um, and I think that that's a problem. Oh yeah, right. You just cannot save your money until you are old, because um, inflation and whatever comes. Yep. I don't know if you guys all heard Krista. Basically, she said it's complicated. <laughs> it really is. No, and, and this is where, and this is why the rule, uh, the rule of uh, Saint Benedict was really helpful for me. Is that in, in the topic of the conversation that we're we're having is that there is no one way. This is such a subjective um, truth, meaning that God. God says, love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. Well, what does that mean? Now, we, we, it means different things for different people. Uh, but the one, the, the one truth or when the guiding, the guiding truth is this, this understanding of putting your neighbor in front of you. Um, the same would be then uh, in terms of, you know, selling your possessions and giving to the poor. Uh, Jesus, it's not like just some of you are supposed to do that. I mean, that's kind of the strange thing that Jesus in Luke chapter 12 says. Because Peter says, are you saying this to me or everybody? This is after the reading. And it's basically everybody. So we have to figure it out. Okay? Now, this is not to cause anybody guilt, by the way. But I do believe it does kind of challenge us in our kind of economic outlook in life. Okay, so back to the children. This is the, I, well, for me as a parent, it's the hardest thing. Uh, St. Augustine, I believe it's St. Augustine, it could be St. Cyprian. They actually challenge this kind of question. And uh, they say, well, why don't you make the poor your children? Then you're saving for your children. 
You're saving for everybody. Uh, make poor, the poor your children, and then you're saving for them, too. Uh, it's, always, it's always been hard for me to hear. But I believe, on a certain extent, it's true. Because uh, what are we doing as parents? What are we teaching our children and about Jesus, about the Christian faith? And what's first? And who is first? And uh, that's hard, because it I actually might inflict pain on, on my children, might might cause them to struggle, and I don't like to do that. But that actually might be the more truthful thing. So, anyways, so I I, I struggle with saving for my children. Because of that, I mean, again, you know, I, I, this is just, that's just me pondering. That's I'm not speaking uh, ex cathedra. I, I just think that's a question that we always have to kind of consider. What is why are we saving for our children? I, okay, I would say no. It's not actually. It's saving your children to save for themselves. Which, see, that's where, I, that's where I struggle. That's where I struggle because it's, it tells my children they need to make sure they watch out for themselves first. And on a certain level, that's true, though. You got, I mean, you just got to be normal. You can't, you, can't be, you can't be silly. You can't be, uh, you know. However, if it's to the exclusion of providing life for others, then it's wrong. And so, I mean, I don't know where that line is. I mean, by the way, that, that's where I struggle with it. But I think the fundamental notion that's never questioned needs to be questioned. The idea that, oh, well, of course you got to save. Why? Well, that, that's just what you do. Why? Well, something might happen. What happens if it doesn't? What if, what if something doesn't happen? Then what am I going to do? And oftentimes where you, you're at the end of the life and you end up giving your money to your children and your children probably, I mean, I, with funerals, a lot of times, these children who receive money, they don't actually need it. Need. I mean, they don't need it. It helps them out, helps them, you know, helps them cancel a debt that they probably shouldn't have had in the first place. Now, I mean, do you see how this can easily go into a snowball, revealing other things that we have sinned, making poor, like choices of taking on too much debt, for what, for nothing? So, I mean, that's where I'm, I'm always kind of critical. I mean, again, I have no answers. This is like, these are questions in my mind that I'm still seeking answers for. Kathy. Yeah, right. And I, I would say, uh, well, yeah, see, this is a good question. I don't know if there's a difference. Well, you're saving for a purpose, saving for college. Right. Right. So that's an investment more time, let's say. 
Yeah, so, okay, good, good, good. So, yeah, I'm going to get real practical because I'm really questioning whether that's a good investment considering the rise in cost of higher education. Again, I don't want to get too far off on, on track here, but this is a good question, though. And, well, and this, this is, yeah, so this would be then the part of the question, though, is like, what are we teaching? I mean, educating our children, college. Okay, anyways, uh, let's, let's uh, keep going. Cindy. Okay. Um, I would rather take my education. I have them pay for it rather than having the loans involved in the tightness of the connection, which is what is happening to a lot of us. Yeah, right. Right now, they're forgiving it, but somebody has to pay for it. Okay, this is good. You're asking yourselves these good questions. Yeah, okay. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I think the, uh, well, so not, not to get too stressed on the, the college thing, I, I think there's a lot of questions just about the whole college. It's sort of a racket. Right? Okay. So, I mean, so we have some maybe b bigger issues that we need to deal with. Uh, well, well, actually, this, that actually is a good question to ask ourselves because we often shoot for certain things that are pretty abstract, you know, whether it be the Ivy League school or, or whatever. But um, I, that's probably a whole other day. Anyways, so yeah, you're, you're right, Cindy. Those, those are questions that we all have to ask, and, and Kathy, you're right, too. I just, I just am, it's hard for me not to, to keep poking at this issue because once I poke at it, I see that there's something else wrong. So like, even like, how in the world could these, could the cost of education and the ability to uh, take on this much debt? H how could we allow that to happen? How can you allow someone to take that much debt on? They, 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 someone should have said, you know what, nope, that's wrong. And then the colleges should have said, man, we should have, we, well, I guess we have to lower our costs. That's right. That's exactly right. So it goes down to individual choices, which goes back to what Cindy said. Yeah, it goes down, I mean, so you have to ask yourself, am I going to let myself get into this? Am I, am I going to let myself be kind of uh, 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 tricked into saying this is what I should do? Nope. But, yeah, it depends on why you're going. Anyways, okay, enough about college. Parents' stuff, yeah. like your like at the end of life kind of stuff, cleaning up after them. Yeah, what about it? I don't know. Part of me goes, yeah, there's a lot of stuff, and yet there's the set of dishes that you gather. Oh, good. I'm so glad you asked this. Or, or there's the you know there's another tragedy that you know brings in a memory or whatever. Hello. Yes. All right, so stuff and memories. Very. I, I, so this is something too about if you watch Hoarders. Uh, 
Obviously, it's the most extreme craziness. But that's what they say, though, right? I mean, maybe they might not say that exactly, but they do. I mean, if you watch, if you watch it, they, they are unable to let go of things, mainly because it's, it, it, it's attachment. It has, there's something attached to this. Now, the pleasant way to say that is, um, it, you know, sentimental. I'm sentimental about this. This really serves no purpose in my life, but I'm sentimental about it. Um, and so, again, so now we're, we're on this kind of murky journey between something that, that is an icon and an idol. So, um, yeah, so your grandma's dishes or your mother's dishes. That, that, that reminds you of all the wonderful din- dinners. I mean, uh, maybe, maybe not, but I mean, just con- theoretically. Yeah, that, that reminds me of all the wonderful Christmas dinners we've had together. And, and so this, th- these plates are kind of a means to remember. Okay, that's good. However, um, when that becomes the inability to let go of the past, then I think that, that that's, that's dangerous. I mean, not you know, dangerous in the murdering sense, but dangerous in the sense that you're unable to open yourself up to the present or to the future. Right. So, um, yeah, so when you are unable to let go of stuff, when it's, uh, it's usually for nostalgia reasons a lot of times. It's good memories. It's sentimental. Um, when that prohibits you from living in the present or even towards the future, then I would say you probably need to get rid of some stuff. You need to let go. I mean, we apply that to our children. We treat, we treat our children like stuff, in a sense. Sentimental stuff. I wish they could just be this way. You know, hey, I wish you would never grow up. Oh, man, I'm so <laughs> sad that you're growing up. On a certain level, we've, we've I mean, I don't want to get too, like, serious, because, I mean, I do it. I mean, and then I kind of like, okay, there's nothing I can do. They will grow up. Um, is we, we actually objectify our child. We treat them as a, like, like a toy, in a sense, that we want to keep a certain way. But how that happens is, is uh, based on kind of this nostalgia. This, we're, 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 we're trapped by this, this stuff, these memories, what has happened. And oftentimes then that turns in, I mean, we apply that same kind of perspective to plates or whatever. So there is a balance between celebrating the past and letting the past trap you. In, yeah. In the, yeah. yeah. Barb. Right. Yeah, so you keep this, you know, I always think of my husband and his car. <laughs> That's right. No, no, you keep it, you know, or you put the plastic on the. I used to have those years ago. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> that was kind of hip, though, right? That was the thing to do. Yeah, it still looks great. Although it still has plastic on it, it doesn't really look that great. I mean, that's what I'm wondering. I've always wondered about that. Yeah, there's been uh, parishioners of mine. 
are a friend, part of our community who, who've had that. And uh, I usually ask them, I'm like, hey, when are you going to get rid of this? I mean, when are you going to take them off? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I really want to sit on the fabric. You, you got to let me do that. It's only happened once they let me do that. Usually because the uh, children are present when I say that, and they're like, thank you. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so, uh, yeah, Krista. But, yeah, we got to talk about that, Barb. I, I think you have only, I had, I had a friend, too, with Thomas and so. But, you know, um, she came on uh, from the time where she really, really uh, saved this money to buy what, what she Right. And to keep it as long as. Exactly. Yeah, no, so, uh, so Krista, you know, basically said, you know, at certain times in history, you really had to save for, like, a pair of shoes. Um, and usually those pair of shoes, you, you kept, I mean, you kept for forever, basically. Now, that, that's a lot different than saving for, you know, uh, 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 something that you don't need. Let's just put it that way. I mean, need. Again, you have to think about what do I need. But, yeah. But the, uh, so, yeah. Uh, and then usually the thing you need, you really don't, you really, well, not only do you not need it, but you actually don't think about it in terms of, like, I'm going to have this for the rest of my life. So I think about that with my shoes. Uh, speaking of shoes, she's, I think about that with my shoes a lot. I'm like, I, I, why don't I get a pair of shoes that I can just resole? Well, yeah, a lot, but I've actually tried on some shoes, and the guy's like, can't do it. Or it's going to be twice as much as a new pair of shoes. But they're already broken in, man. I know, I know, I get it. I try uh, wrestling with this. So, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a whole other level of uh, idolatry, I think, in terms of our society where we've allowed things to be so disposable that it doesn't mean anything. But that's, yeah, that's neither here nor there right now. Uh, back to what Barb said is that um, when, the, th when the, the means to something becomes thus the thing itself, uh, on multiple levels, right, it loses, it loses its, uh, its usefulness, but also it, it loses its, its glory, its, its it's the, uh, the reason why it exists. It exists, well, not only to be used, but, to, but, but I mean, yes, yeah, I would say that that's too pragmatic. That sounds like Thomas the Tank Engine. And I, I don't want to get Katie involved with Thomas the Tank Engine over here, but you should, at some time, talk to Katie and Michael Licht about Thomas the Tank Engine. I, I personally, I think it's wonderful, actually. So, Katie, stick around for five minutes or so afterwards. <laughs> the, uh, no, so uh, usefulness is too pragmatic. Uh, I would say I I enjoyment, to be enjoyed. So, like the hammock in the chapter. This is, uh, this hammock, what's the purpose of a hammock? For you to lay down, sleep, enjoy the summer day, whatever. Bring joy. So, what, you know, it, it, it lost its existence. Which is kind of strange, you objectify an ob object. Which, I mean, it's kind of weird anyways. But, uh, but then when you apply that to kind of everything, you, you treat it, again, you're dictating its purpose, its goal. It's, it, it, again, the idolatry, the whole return back to yourself is pretty, pretty obvious.
So, um, but that's different than like keeping things nice that Krista had said, right? Because ultimately, this uh, Elizabeth Scalia's husband at first says, I want to keep it nice. But of course, it morphed into this, I mean, something crazy different. So, yeah, um, this is why Holly uh, and I, uh, we were given a nice Valentine gift. Was that last week already? Just, it was chocolates. I can tell you right now, if it were up to me, they would have been gone by Friday night. Because <laughs> I'm like, let's enjoy this now. What am I going to keep? Why do I need to wait? But of course, Holly said what? Save some. What will this eat it now? It's totally worth it. All right. <laughs> Okay, anyways, so yeah, I, uh, yeah, this is something, though, for me that I, I always think of, especially with my children, with toys. My son enjoys his toys in such a way, in such a way that what? They get broken, exactly. And my initial reaction is to be like, don't play it with it, you know, don't play it like that. Don't play with it like that. And he's kind of like, why not? I mean, this is what I want to do. Now, of course, I want, I want to save him from the heartbreak of breaking it, but I'm, I, you know, then a little part of me is like, well, he'll, he'll figure it out. I mean, you know, I mean, he's got a... Yeah, so anyways, yeah, you get the super glue out and you kind of figure it out, but um, then the other aspect, too, though, is when it's broken, why in the world are we hanging on to this thing? That drives me crazy. I don't want to... I, I always, yeah, exactly. I always threaten my children, hey, if you're not going to use it for what it's used for, I'm throwing it out. So I get asked routinely by my children when they can't find something, can you throw this away? Uh, no, I, I rarely do it, although I get accused often. But. All right, anyways, tangents here. All right, Carol. Oh, yeah, good job. I'm glad you brought that up. And um, the person that you know, gave, the gave the diamond ring, yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, right. Dignity, yeah. She can take it. She can sell it here She can wear it like the woman who gave it away, yeah. Isn't that great? I, I thought that was that was genius. Holy smokes. Right. Yeah. I know. I uh, just just the whole okay. So this is another interesting thing. 
where the person who said you should have sold it and gave the money to her, she, yeah, not, not only objectifies the person, but exactly how does that happen is that she, or I, I think it was a she, right? It was, it was whatever the worker was, he or she who said to do that, um, puts them in a place of authority where they have no authority to decide, yeah. So, um, yeah, because it presumes that this person who receives such a diamond ring is, is uh, yeah, they're poor because they're, what? You name it. They don't know how to take care of themselves. And that kind of, that kind of uh, talk can easily turn into they're poor because they deserve it. Unconsciously, we would never say it that way, but well, they they made those choices, and that's why it's going on. So, so as home, but it's a choice for, for them, right? Again, there's always a fine line because uh, I got plenty of other examples on the flip side where someone who clearly has no idea what to do is telling me what to do. But all right, Barb. Yeah, right. Where the brother um, was really having a hard time, really having a hard time. So Raymond and his wife decided to give him $800 or something. Yeah, right, okay. Well, he goes on vacation. <laughs> and they were all upset with what we can't just. <laughs> That's right. And and that boy that has really stuck with me because I give things to my daughter when she has a need or something. Now we're thinking she should be doing this. Doing this, I know. She does or something else. Like, this is the uh, discussion we had on unconditional love. Yeah. Oh man, forget about it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, because you know we know best, right? I mean, we all know. I know. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, awesome. I, any? Uh, was there another hand up? If not, we should probably get going. It's time to go. Um, we uh, will probably stick with this chapter, I think. But go ahead and read the next one. What's What's the next one? Um. Yeah, read the next one. I'll, 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 we'll think about it. I'll, I'll think about it. But yeah, we might move into the next one. Let's pray. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.